It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Well, I don't know how they did it. They did it without Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn, a healthy scratch last night for the Dallas Cowboys to make room for some other person. Bah humbug. Some jabron. And and the Dallas Cowboys actually win a game without Deuce Vaughn. Somehow, final score 20-17 to over the L.A. Chargers last night. That, I'll be honest with you. Boo. Frustrating win. That was yep. a frustrating win. <laughs> it was a real snoozer, for sure. <laughs> you you can tell they were missing the deuce, man. Come on. I You, you can't see this, obviously, because this is radio, but the Chargers, yeah. Herbert, they were this close. Yeah. This close, maybe one or two plays away, and it's it's a different ball game. More like Keenan Allen and the Chargers were this. That Had guy him. was unstoppable. Had him. Yeah. And there ah. were some misses. That was the difference in the game. It wasn't what Dallas did. It was what the Chargers did to themselves. Fantasy win. Fantasy Ooh. win. Thank Ooh. you, Keenan. Any draft kings? Uh, uh, no. Ah. I did not get any down on the uh, games last night. No. But mm. did you hit any big parlays this weekend? Uh, no, I did not. It was a bad weekend on the uh, on the dimes front. It's <laughs> it's funny. Thursday, both of you guys were gone, so it was just Trey and I doing a show, and we were doing Mitch in Vegas. And by the way, Trey um, went three and two. No way, dude. <laughs> He's, up. He's up in his two weeks without you guys here. I'm sick of him already. <clears throat> but when we were picking the USC Notre Dame game, he mentioned, hey, last week he's like, my friend on the USC yes. game won two grand. I'm like, What? what? Dang, I was dude. like, he's like, yeah, he did like we got. He didn't know exactly what the bet was, but I was like, it had to be because he just said he needed right. USC for the victory. I'm like, well, you're not winning two because it was against Arizona. You're not winning two grand on a single bet. I'm sure no. this kid isn't that rich. No, um, parlay action. And I was like, I'm glad Troy wasn't here because if he would have, because he tries these parlays all the time, puts a buck down, and he's looking to win like fifty bucks, and he never wins them. Do once in a while. And some kid wins two grand on <laughs> on college football picks. No, can, so two weeks ago, last uh, last Saturday or two Saturdays ago, during a live bet, I got um, Miami given up three against Georgia Tech with like forty seven seconds left in the game, and I was like, awesome. Uh, I, I I took it in. What ended up happening, I took it late. I was given up three, and it was a push. It ended up, it was 2017, it was going to be a push. And I was like, that's fine, whatever. I, I was doing pretty good during the night. Fine. And that Mario Cristobal stupid call where they just, like, <laughs> I was pushing. And it's, I'm like, I'm fine. Give me my money back. I'm fine. Whatever. It was a, a it was a late game gamble. That's brutal. And And I watched that. I, something told me to watch the end of the game, and I watched that play unfold, and I was like, why, why are they going for it? Why are they going for it? No way. No, no, no. Fumble. They get it back, and Georgia Tech scored faster than I've ever seen a team score yeah. in my life. I, I, I will say this. I mean, it wasn't a horrendous leak, uh, weekend for me in terms of what I had. I was just down by about a unit and a half. I, it wasn't a big deal. More break even weekend than anything. Just I couldn't get anything big to hit. Yeah, that was the flaw. I couldn't make any progress. Mm. It just was a just kind of a push week. Ugh. 
Welcome to the game, Mitch Fortner with uh, Troy Coverdale, who's on the board today, and David G. Deej, you weren't even here all last week. You were uh, in Washington, D.C. I was. Um, I would, um, you probably, I, I would bet you wasn't there because you were there to like scream at any politicians. <laughs> Did you the, scream at any, any politicians? I was head on a swivel looking for people, and I never ran into anybody that I even remotely thought looked like him. You just wanted a politician to yell at. Doesn't matter who was, whose hey, side they were on. Hey, the Shawnee. Seat, the seat's still open. I, that was the funniest thing on Twitter. <laughs> Somebody was like, is he putting his name in there for Speaker of the House? Still open. Dude, Still open today. My thin is so or my skin is so thin. No way. I could <laughs> never take that job. I'd quit in the first 10 seconds. I'm done. No, I was looking for somebody to yell at. I had no one to yell at. The weather was gorgeous. I I learned something. I'm a big history person, and I actually learned something the first day that we were there. Do you want to know what, what I learned? Go ahead. Okay. I did not know this. Robert E. Lee, at the the start of the Civil War, lived in Washington, D.C. And he was given the option to take over the Union Army. And he said, I can't fight against my fellow Virginians and left. Well, there was a like a fine of sorts in Washington, D.C. that they were putting on people that they thought were rebel sympathizers. And Robert E. Lee, they tried to his family. They tried to pay it. His they tried to have his brother pay it for him. And the U.S. government was like, "Nope, you have to pay it in person, or we're going to take your house." So they took his house. They take his house from him. He had a huge mansion there in, in Washington D.C. And he is like, they're they're fighting, and what they do, they start burying people on his property. Where they they just took it from him, they start burying people like dead soldiers from the the Civil War. His house, the name of his mansion, Arlington, Arlington National Cemetery was started as a kind of mm-hmm. excuse me you mm-hmm. to Robert E. Lee. I had no idea about that, no clue. So you're saying um, that you know old Robert E. Lee maybe had a vendetta out. Once he learned, it about wasn't the, all about the slaves. No, once he learned that they were doing that, he was like, "Oh, it's on! It's on like Donkey Kong." Well, whatever they, you know, they had whatever video game they had back then. But I had no idea. My mind was blown. We were taking a mid uh, moonlight tour, and the guy was taught. He was telling us that, and I go, "Stop! Stop!" First of all, our driver Sarah gets on. She's wearing a K State hoodie. He goes, "K State." It's like I'm a I'm a Sooner fan. His name was Sooner Bob or Sooner Sooner Steve. That was his name. This guy's like I'm an Oklahoma fan. I'm an Oklahoma boy from way back. I was like, of course you are. He told us that story, and I was like, Sooner Steve, stop. What did you just? I ha- I he I made him repeat it. He's like, yeah, Robert E. Lee. The Arlington National Cemetery was basically started as like a big middle finger hmm. to him. Was vendetta? Is that the right word for correct? A, 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 a feud like that? I don't know. I well, guess people were killed. Absolutely. Overall. <laughs> a lot but, of people. Because yeah. that's what happened after the war. His son ended up, Robert E. Lee's son, years later down the line, ended up suing the government um, for illegally taking the property. Like, you can't do that. So he won. But they were like, dude, it's it's already now like kind of like the National Cemetery. It's a cemetery, cemetery yeah. So we can't just give it back to you. Name your price. He got $150,000 huh, for Arlington. Okay. 
Okay. Well, I was about to say, like, first it was house, then it was the statues. The guy can't win. The dude can't do anything right. No. He, uh, yeah, $150,000 back then was a ton, you know, money, but, you know. <laughs> I would think so. You know. Jeez Louise, that would be, that'd be $10 million these days. Probably. Um, it's just like, you can go still go see the mansion. Like, you can walk through it and stuff. And of course, they have like the slave quarters there and stuff. It's crazy. It's it's a it is amazing. Well, guys, I was hoping uh, as we we get into the sports talk here and and get yeah. started with with the cats, and I can give of course you guys your your time to talk about the win on Saturday against Texas Tech, thirty eight twenty one, where Avery Johnson ran for five rushing touchdowns. But I wanted to ask you guys, Deej, do you know who the starting quarterback will be Saturday? I do. That's not the answer I was expecting. Oh, no, I, I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm glad there's someone around who has an idea who it's going to be because Troy, you, might, you know? I, I was going to say, you might want to go ahead and call Colin Klein if you actually know the answer. Uh, so you you don't know. Troy doesn't know. No. I don't know. Does Chris Kleiman know? Do not. Um, we have two guys that we can win with. He doesn't know. He's the head coach. He, he doesn't even know he's the coach. No clue. Oh. Who, who do you think it is? It's a question that will not be answered until Saturday, Ugh. and you know, I don't know if it's so much about the start. It's just who plays the most and who is going to be the guy, and I, I don't know if there's really any guarantee with Saturday. And to be honest with you, I mean, Coach Kleiman didn't say much at all about those kind of questions. You know, who could get the more playing time? Who's going to be the starter? I'll even get to this next clip here because he's not sure how the time is going to be split if the guys both play. What? we learned from this past Saturday is that we've seen Will play at a really high level and be successful, and then we saw Avery play at a high level and be successful, and so we feel comfortable with both guys uh, leading this football team. I couldn't tell you. I don't have the answer. CK wouldn't have the answer if you thought it would be a 60-40, 50-50, split. We have no idea. We're going to go through the game plan and see who, where, and what gives us the best opportunity. Now, I, I do have a prediction, and well, I'll, I'll ask you guys. Troy's typing right now. If I don't know if he's ready to talk or not. But, Deej, were you able to watch the game while you were, you know, rubbing, sh- rubbing elbows <laughs> with history? <laughs> I took time out from, you know, my time as Speaker of the House. Um, I got We got back Friday evening, so I was okay. able to sit back and relax and watch there is no doubt in my mind Avery Johnson starts this Saturday. Really? No okay. I I mean honestly I'm a little different. I I would my guess is that it's kind of the same strategy as the Texas Tech game. Will would start and then okay, what's the defense giving us? Mm-hmm. Are they giving up the run? Do we need a spark in the run game? How's Will doing? And then if they need to hand the reins over to Avery Johnson, but the thing is, like, it could go your way as well. Maybe Avery plays the whole game. I don't know, and that I actually might makes a few fans upset because there are, of course, those, and I and I don't blame you. I'm a bit torn as well because I do still believe in Will Howard, and I know he's very talented. Won a Big Twelve championship with him at quarterback. Avery Johnson though is a better athlete. The question I was going to bring up is. Does K-State win the game in Lubbock if Avery Johnson doesn't play? I mean, we're already in I, you know, hindsight, of course, and we were wanting to see Avery play against Oklahoma State. But if Avery plays against Oklahoma State, I think there's a much better chance that K-State wins the game. 
But does K-State win if Avery doesn't play and give that spark with his ground game? I don't think there's a whole lot of debate here or there like, oh, you could easily say he was the better thrower or that guy was the better thrower against Texas Tech. It was pretty even. There was just a couple more incompletions for Will Howard, but I think he had the best throw of the night. Um, Avery had some good throws, but it wasn't very much downfield. I think that's another sign, actually, that the issues with the offense with Will Howard at quarterback isn't necessarily all Will Howard's fault Um, because there were also a lot of short passes for Avery in the game against Texas Tech. Whoever wants to go first, does K-State win in Lubbock without Avery Johnson? I don't believe so. Um, As much as I think that Will has still that ability, the offense in what the playbook has been has been decidedly different in how it's being operated in many ways. And part of that also is just trying to figure out how to get wide receivers open because, as we talked about last week, they're not getting separation. They're not being able to beat anybody off the line, and they're not getting a slant in on anybody right now, it feels like, with Willett quarterback. I don't know why that is. The majority of what Avery was putting out there the other night was the change in the playbook that was more along the lines of what we saw last year with a lot of outlet passes and things that went to the running back. There's only one guy that gets open, and that's Ben Sinnott. Right. And somehow he right. still manages to get wide, wide. open, <laughs> yeah. even though it's like the the, the Felix Andy DK Uzama effect last year, where he was getting double teamed more, and he was still successful, but maybe it just wasn't as the rate you would expect or you know, predict. They just had to focus on him a lot more. Well, now that's Ben Sinnott this year. Ben Sinnott is getting double teamed by the defense, much harder to get open on third down. The two other big throws in that game, Jace Brown and, and Phillip Brooks, that was still some tight coverage. Those guys mm-hmm. went up and got it. Mm-hmm. They made some great plays. Mm-hmm. So I can the, ask you. The type of plays that we've not been seeing week in, week out. I'll point I mean, that out. They jumped high to go bring that ball right back down. And, and I, I tell you what, Phil Brooks, um, he, he's definitely not the fastest kid in the world. And I do have an issue with his effort in blocking. Mm-hmm. But that guy can go make some tough catches once in a while. And sometimes you have to do that. You know what I mean? you got to beat a guy for a ball sometimes. That That's the way it goes. It's not going to always be in the breadbasket. You have to go get one sometimes. And... I think that's been a pro- I, I, to me. It's been a problem throughout the the past couple seasons. I've always felt like just go get one, steal one from a guy. I think that the respect you have to pay Avery Johnson in the run game makes us more potent as an one hundred percent. And it's it's just now now if we're down ten driving and we got to hit some 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 outs and stuff. I think it's. I mean, I not. I don't think. I know it's plain to see to, to anybody watching his command of the offense as far as throwing the rock is not as strong as Will, and of course it's not going to be. But not yet. It not hasn't yet. been it, yet. But it, that, Kleiman said it today. It's like with with Will. If he wasn't banged up, his you know his right leg. It, since it's not one hundred percent, he'd be a better runner. And for for Avery, you know, don't take. We haven't seen him throw it enough. We haven't seen him make a mistake and how does he respond. Right. We, we've seen the arm a little bit. Well, we really haven't seen it really flex on anybody yet. Not yet. And that's okay. I'm okay with that as a fan. I'm, I get it. He's Because he's so dangerous as a runner. But I thought, like, Treshawn Ward, 
the his, Avery's run game opened up the run game. Right. 100%. I mean, that was amazing to watch that. And I am I think as far as the question do we beat Texas Tech without Avery Johnson? No period. Absolutely not. It, I I think it's pretty simple. No. It wasn't the hot hand was not Will Howard that day. Saturday wasn't his day. And I think he needs to get a chance to catch up to. I like as far as injuries go, and th- there's a hitch in his giddy up for sure. And I, I think it's a it's a great thing now that we've got Avery Johnson out there playing. He he should sit. I just you know just get healthy. Well, it's a it's a big difference when you do have the electric quarterback run game, which Avery is better than Will. It, it just it's he's simply better put, than a lot of people. You know, and, like he's so good. You're right. It did open up a lot of things, especially with Treshawn Ward and Treshawn. I mean, no pun intended. Ran with it. Yes. I mean, was el- his burst was incredible. He was his best since he's been here at K State against Texas Tech. And, and you're right. Hopefully that would open up the passing game a little bit more. The thing is, and it did not go the way I predicted, K-State really didn't need the passing game. They did a little bit. They did. They for sure did a little bit. Yeah. But it was majority run game against a team that was only giving up 3.5 yards per carry and did a great job of shutting down a team like Oregon yeah. in the run game. And, you know, remember, too, it also didn't hurt us that that other guy on the other side was throwing them up. I mean... Oh, well, for sure. That, that's a part of the equation, though. Yeah. If Does K-State win without Avery Johnson? You also take in consideration that you have a third-string retro freshman quarterback that has played a little bit, but Baron Morton's out after the first half, and they're trying to do way too much with him. Man. I, I, I do believe that K-State would certainly have a chance to go win, but it's not 38-21. It's more 24-21 sure. because you're not going to have the quarterback run game, and they can more sell out if they're stopping the run to go after the running back because they're not too worried about Will. And they could also, you know, passing game is up in the air at that point. It just depends on probably how successful the passing game is Absolutely. if you don't have Avery. Absolutely. So I, I, I still, still think there is a chance, but it's a tight game. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I predicted it going in. I thought a tight game. The way it, the reason it was blown up is because of the run game with Trey Sean and, uh, and Avery Johnson. I mean, you know, the second drive of the third quarter – Avery got a lot of credit. He scored the five touchdowns. There are two drives in that second half that was definitely set up because of the success with Trayshawn Ward running the football. And that's why I felt like his game was so underrated. He didn't score. Avery Johnson's going to steal the spotlight. But without Trayshawn, you're not as successful offensively. And, of course, the offensive line. Offensive line had its best day. Yeah, that, that, Timing, blocking holding the blocks, that 30-yard touchdown for Avery, it couldn't have been better. Mm-hmm. But Trayshawn's game was so underrated. He is our player interview this week, and when we come back, we hear from the senior quarterback who ran for over 100 yards against Texas Tech. Trayshawn Ward with the K-State Media is next. We are back on the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, and David G. Just us three today, 537-1350, the phone number to call if you want to talk a little bit of cats with us. Or just whatever's on your mind. In hour number two, we'll hear more from K-State football coach Chris Kleiman from his press conference earlier today. And also, Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark speaking to uh, the media opening up the Big 12 basketball media days. The women were today. Men's basketball is tomorrow from the T-Mobile Center in Kansas City. We'll also get a comment as well from Jeff Mitty about 
Uh, Aoka Lee, will she be ready or not for game one uh, coming up in early November? How is her progression going and getting that knee all better? Took her over a year to get medically clear to practice. Mm. So we'll get that update as well, plus what your mark said about, you know, of course, the future of the Big 12 moving forward with schedules, maybe some uh, conference realignment speculation, and will the uh, the Big 12 basketball tournaments remain in Kansas City for the foreseeable future? He addressed that as well. But I want to jump back to Sean Ward, who, and again, I said it before the break, I want to repeat it as well, had such an underrated game against Texas Tech, a, real, a pretty good defensive stopping the run. And, I, I mean, if you go back and watch the game, I, we were talking about it before Kleiman's press conference. I was talking with you know, Kellis and, and Derek Young, and it wasn't like Texas Tech w- was like putting six in the box and just trying their best. They were kind of loading it up a little bit, eight, nine guys in the box, in case it was still successful in the running game. It wouldn't have been as successful, though, in my opinion, without K-State's leading rusher and Treshawn Ward. Had an, had an 118 yards on the ground, 8 yards per carry against the Texas Tech Red Raiders. And believe it or not, as a senior who's now played five years of college football, that was his third career 100-yard rushing day, his first at K-State. Um, to me, what I liked about his game when he played – at Florida State, we finally saw it come out against Texas Tech. The burst. Guys bouncing off of him. His timing. The kid was full of energy. And that's, of course, also him bouncing back from kind of a slow day against Oklahoma State and not playing at all against UCF. The K-State media had a chance earlier today to catch up with K-State running back and senior Trey Sean Ward. How good that feel to kind of get in the groove? I mean, especially back from Oki, Oki State week, you know, I was still a little timid about my injury. But, you know, as far as Texas Tech go, I felt like I could just go out there and be myself. So, you know, you see how it turned out. And, like, you know, it was a good feeling for me to be back. So. How fun was it to kind of do that with Avery out there and the way the defense has to pay attention to him? I mean, it was good, man. You know, you seen he was out in fun out there. And, like, you know, especially as a freshman, you know, you wouldn't expect that to be him. But um, we see it throughout the whole practice as far as, like, you know, his legs and, you know, arm and stuff like that. So, like, you know, it was a good experience for him to be out there, too. You can be an athlete as a true freshman, but how surprised are you about his leadership? Man, like, throughout our workouts, you know, it was like the first two months he probably was a little quiet and stuff like that, trying to get emotional things. But, you know, as far as, like, you know, he getting comfortable with us, he started talking more. And you see throughout the game in the halftime, he was waiting for people and, you know, dapping people up and everything. So, like, you know, he started, he's going on the right track to be a leader, man, and, you know, going to be a credible leader, too. Speaking of comfort level, where do you feel like yours is right now? I'm, I'm confident as I can be right now, especially after that game. You know, I was a little timid going into that game, but when I got my first hit and, like, you know, that first hit in that area, you know, I just feel like I can go. So, I mean, my confidence is at a whole time high right now. How good was the offensive line on Saturday? I mean, you could see it. I mean, the the goal, the holes they was creating and, like, you know, having that type of chemistry with that offensive line, man, you know, you're going to see stuff like that. And, you know, for the game, they were just telling me to trust them. You know, I trusted them. You see what happened. So, like, you know tip my hats off to them because without them I wouldn't have been able to do what I was doing. What did that win do for the mood here in the building? I mean, 
I don't know if you guys know, but I mean, Texas, Texas is pretty hard to play in, you know, especially with their tradition they was going in with the tortillas and stuff. And like, even like my um, the first quarter, I got hit with one. And like, you know, <laughs> I had to have emotional maturity and like, you know, like not to be that guy to be like, oh, why he hit me and stuff like that. But, you know, I got to keep going and like be mature about it. So winning that stage was big because, you know, I mean, Texas, Texas is hard to play in. You guys, you know, had struggled a little bit. There were some questions about then you come back and beat Texas Tech. What, what's the mood like in the building these days? I mean, we can't get comfortable with that one. You know, we still got a season ahead of us. You know, we got to keep stacking our days, come to practice today with a, a good intention to get better today. So, I mean, yeah, that was a good win, but we got to go to the next week. We got TCU this week, so we got to capitalize on that win to at home. Okay, so we're talking about the- the tortilla did you get hit in the face here or what are we talking uh, about um okay like i was sitting on the bench and uh, i had I actually had my helmet on because like i just knew for some reason i was gonna get hit but um <laughs> yeah all i heard was a smack on the back of my head and then next thing you know it just slid down <laughs> and i seen it was a tortilla I was like man i mean i couldn't be mad at it i mean it's their part of the tradition and stuff like that and i think i um even kickoff they were throwing like when we had kickoff return they were throwing tortillas i think i got hit too but i mean pfft. I mean, it was interesting. It was kind of funny, but, I mean, man, couldn't do nothing to help it. Once again, that's Trayshawn Ward earlier today with the K-State Media. We're back live. Um, <laughs> Deej, you grew up with a bunch of uh, tortillas in your life. <laughs> I, I did. You ever I been did. hit with one? I've never been hit with one. He seemed to be really uh, <laughs> have a great sense of humor about it. He seems like a great kid. That was funny. That was a at, lot of fun. At, at least it was a thrown tortilla. So it's <laughs> yeah. one shot. It's not the tortilla slapping oh, thing <laughs> that has been going around. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I don't know if he was – they put holes. I guess t- Texas Tech, they put holes in the tortilla so they fly better. Oh, a little frisbee I, So I guess that's the trick. I've, I've Engineering. Been to yeah, I've been, to, I've been to Lubbock many times, but not for a football game. They don't throw the tortillas at soccer matches. <laughs> what? It seems – yeah, just to be a football thing. But I, actually, I love that tradition. I, I wanted to follow up with uh, – but uh wanted to get to another player, but I was like – I was wondering, like, you know, what is the crazy ACC road environment thing that's yeah. done? Other than I, I can only think of entrances, Virginia Tech, yeah. Clemson, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, um, or the long walks at Duke, <laughs> Florida State with the flaming spear. Sure, that's true. That's true. You know, speaking of that, Duke man, they look great. By the way. Their defense is really good. good man. Yeah, now they're down that quarterback, but yeah. Well, speaking of entrances, they said this on FS1 that, so Zorro, I, I don't know what the, it's a female mascot that dresses up like Zorro, you know, like a Red Raider, whatever you want to call her. The masked rider. And yeah. she, masked rider. And she rides out on a horse, but apparently the horse was uh, a bit banged up. Oh! Could not be a part of uh, Saturday's game. Whoa. Inflammation or something mm-hmm. was the uh, diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Wow, so they couldn't have just done a switcheroo? Nobody would have known. Come on, man. A horse? Really? I wouldn't. I mean. About that time that the fans start cheering and it's a new horse. Oh, boy. Let's go. Hi-ho, Silver. Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) Must be a new horse. (laughs) Well, I will say about TCU, um, you know, going to the Texas Tech game, that was a team that was just giving up 3.5 yards per carry. Well, heading into TCU, the Horn Frogs only giving up 3.4 yards per carry as uh, the TCU defense against the run is the sixth best in the Big 12, giving up just a buck 21. 
This year, the Cats, of course, second best. Um, which, did they fall? Oh, man, they fell behind Cincinnati? Ugh. Cincinnati has the best rush defense in the Big 12? Could have fooled me. Mm-hmm. That's about all they're good at. Right. I don't know what they're – let me look at their pass defense. Seventh. So they're in the middle of the pack. So, yeah. They're good at rush defense. They can't throw. They're terrible in the uh, terrible in the red zone. I don't know if you watched any of that Cincinnati-Iowa State game. I did. I think Cincinnati made Iowa State look really good. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. It's been a tough. It's been tough sledding for the new guys, man. Like really tough sledding. UCF is still the one. They, uh, I well, UCF, Cincinnati, Baylor. I think they're the two teams that have not won a conference game yet. Mm. So, because Houston, of course, won in the Hail Mary. BYU uh, beat Cincinnati Cincy. at home. Yeah. So, uh, well, Saturday's game. It's the fourth consecutive night game. Uh, which is the first time in 11 years that has happened. Four straight nine games. Five straight 2012 to end the year uh, is the uh, the latest long stretch of, of uh, night games. But the Cats and TCU, it's a Big 12 championship rematch on Saturday with kickoff a few minutes after 6 o'clock. And uh, Power K game day will start at 2 in the afternoon. And it's also um, Harley Day hey. as well. So uh, if you don't have your tickets, you have to go to secondary sites because that game is officially a complete sellout. We take our next break, and when we come back, it's time to crown a brand new Jabroni of the Week. All college football jabrones when we come back. You Jabroni! You Jabronis hit the jackpot! The Hollywood brand Jabroni Hulk Hogan. Ow! Is this Jabroni's name? Jabroni of the Week. I don't know if you guys saw it in the tabloids, but it's pretty official now that uh, Travis Kelsey and uh, Taylor Swift are uh, an item. I mean, they were on... What? They were on SNL, not together, but they were both on the same episode, different times. Wait, wait. Seen leaving together, holding hands. This now, is... I was going to note, ducked out before the finale, before the bows. They, not, they not didn't even PDA. appear on stage at the end of it. What do you guys have, like some Hollywood uh, insider plug going on? What are you guys talking about? I have internet. Kelsey and Taylor Swift? I haven't heard of this. this is some kind of... What the heck, man? You've been busy on Sundays, huh? <laughs> yeah. I've been, uh, I, I buried myself underneath the earth and shut off all communication with anyone ever. Now, there, now there's rumors going around that she's buying a house in Kansas City. And I was like, dude, this is moving way too fast. Wow. What is Travis doing? Dude. <laughs> It's like a coaching search. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. They're going to start checking the plane, man. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, I saw one land. Yeah, I saw her get off the... Oh, my God. I was at MCI earlier and saw Taylor Swift. You think she'll choose the Kansas side or Missouri side? Boy, that's a great question. I I need the Christy Swanson. It sounds kind of serious. You know which way I'm going. That yes. took a minute, by the way. <laughs> Ferris Bueller's Day Off, everybody. Yes. Sloan. That's awesome. Kansas side. Yeah. Lenexa, probably. She... Well, a lot of the a lot of Chiefs, a lot of Royals live on the Kansas, Kansas side. They do. That's right. Better taxes. She's going to like, yeah. Is that what it, you think that's what it is? <laughs> <laughs> She's going to like buy like David DeJesus' old house or something. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> 
You know who's still live here? David DeJesus. I hear Whit Merrifield moved out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, guys, come on. I got to get to some yeah, jabronis here. This. Hey, if you don't know how this works, three dishonorable mentions. I'll culminate here with a, and I love just saying that word for this bit, <laughs> culminate with uh, jabroni of the week. My first dishonorable mention, are you guys a fan of Desmond Howard on college game day? No and no. <sighs> no. I love his thing, the Heisman pose when he was in school. That was oh the cool. God. That's one of the coolest things ever anybody's ever done. But I don't like him that much. Well, I mean, of course, he's just got all the heat ever since he predicted that, what was it, two years ago or a year ago, that Texas A&M and Baylor uh, would make the college football playoff, and they weren't even close to getting there. Well, game day was in Seattle for Washington, Oregon. Um, top 10 showdown. It was a great game. That was a push, by the way, on our picks. Um, but he got his own bit and he started a, so let me just play the audio for you. It's pretty awkward. Every time he takes the field, he's going to bring that big penis energy. He's going to bring that what? big penis energy. He's going to bring that big penis energy. That's right, Harry. Let's go, baby. No. Someone's been hanging around Pat McAfee too long. <laughs> it's it's Penix. It's Michael Penix. Wow. I my thought is like he brought this idea. Yeah. Big Penix energy, you know. When old Grady Dick was around at KU, <laughs> kind of adopted by KU fans, yeah. go, you know. Yeah. You you can you can put the two together there. But he's not saying Penix. Wow. He's pronouncing it the way he's not supposed to, and now it all of a sudden becomes pretty lewd. Oh, my God. I thought it was actually hilarious, but very awkward at the same time. Yeah. Because he botched it, and I don't know if he was like trying to do that on purpose. So I had to I had to include him this week. Game day gets weird sometimes, man. Like, for real. Wow. Can I be honest with you real quick? Yeah. I'm kind of over Pat McAfee. Ooh, I'm kind of over the whole shtick. You know what I'm saying? You don't like Pat McAfee. Kind of grinds you down quick, doesn't it? I think he's too much when you don't need to be much. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. Punter. He is a he 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 knows how to bring a cheap pop. He does. He does. Panders. You know that whole thing. It's fine, whatever. I just, I'm just kind of over it now. It, there, it's a lot of Pat McAfee going around, man. I really liked when it was just him on his show. Well, he was so funny on the show. I was watching his broadcast. You know the the Pat McAfee crew from the show. Uh-huh. They'll be on the sideline for the big game of the week, and they'll be like on ESPN two or whatever, and they're doing the Red River rivalry. I thought it sucked. Really? I didn't think it was good. Oh no! I was like. We're, we're wasting a time slot on this. Uh-huh. And I don't get it, like, watching someone else watch a game. Like, the Manning cast is great, but it's like, you can't do that with just everybody. And every, it seems like our Barstool does that a lot, too, you know, where you're like, why are these people interesting? I get it why the Manning brothers are interesting, because it's two Hall of Fame quarterbacks who are brothers, they're funny, and they know a lot about the game, and they got people to interview. It's a great show, but why is everybody got to have that? It's weird. Okay, uh, next is Donald Mitch. I'm going to go with Purdue kicker Julio Messias. I don't know how to say his last name. I'm kind of stabbing at it there. Messias. He's a redshirt freshman <laughs> kicker. Uh, against Ohio State, I mean, he was choking left and right. He missed a 48-yarder, a 39-yarder, and then shanked a 27-yarder. Just Painful. A, a completely off day. But the reason he's a dishonorable mention is between his kicks at halftime, a 
don't know if it was a student or whoever it was, came on the field, nailed three field goals and <laughs> won a car. Yeah. 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 What? Oh my God. No way. <laughs> my last dishonorable mention <sighs> is going to go to the Kent State kickoff team. So. That was beautiful. Kent, Stra- Kent State visiting Eastern Michigan. Real max showdown. Mm-hmm. Um, to start the game, Kent State decided the Golden Flashes were going to try to do a surprise onside kick. It was where the kicker approaches and just kind of taps the football, rolls to the 45-yard line, and they kind of box out the return team, and they just recovered as soon as it crosses the 45. Yeah, It was done well. But Kent State forgot to stop when they passed the 45-yard line. They outran the ball. Eastern Michigan just picks it up and runs it in for a score. Kickoff return for a touchdown on the first play of the game on an onside kick. Former (laughs) former alum and a guy who's been an assistant coach at places that I know was rolling because he was on the sideline. No. And is an Eastern Michigan guy. Just (laughs) loving it. Oh, my God, it was great. But finally, my Jabroni of the Week takes us to Friday night, Pac-12 action. I didn't get to watch because I was driving. Troy was probably in bed. Deej was learning history <laughs> in Washington, D.C., or he was flying back. But Friday night, Colorado led Stanford 29-0 at the half. Everybody's going to bed. It's a late kickoff. It's a late game. Friday night, whatever. Maybe not going to bed, but doing something else other than watching a blowout football game. Clemson, or not Clemson. Stanford, I don't know why I said Clemson, the Cardinal, they storm back 36 points in the second half. They tie it and then win it in overtime. It was the biggest comeback in Stanford history. It was the biggest comeback given up in Colorado football history. (laughs) The fourth biggest comeback in Pac-12 history. And then, of course, Deion Sanders at the game, after the game, tears apart the team for their effort in the loss. Colorado... You're my jabroni of the week. Yeah. That was bad. That was bad. All right, we take a break, and when we come back, I finally get to play one of them. Meet the Wildcats. Will Lee is going <laughs> to finally happen. It's coming up next. Fat Joe. Terror Squad. Brings us back. Is this Terror Squad or is this I, just I, Fat Joe? I just thought you were doing the thing where you shout out everybody oh, yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. You know. Oh, this song ruled. It still does, but I mean, this song was everywhere who, back in the Who day. was in Terror Squad besides Fat, Fat Joe. Joe and Big Pun? Um, Big Because there's e. a bunch of them, right? There's a bunch of people, yeah. There, I, there ain't one. I could I couldn't name one person in the Terror Squad crew. MC Hammer. <laughs> DJ Khaled. No. Was in Terror Squad. Really? Did not know that. Another one. He used to do you know so that you you would hear in his songs. DJ Khaled. Well, that turned into using, at the time, Khalid Duke. We made a bit out of that. DJ Khalid. That's cool. 
I like that. It's Khalid. It's yeah. even better now since he said his real name's actually Khalid. Khalid. DJ Khalid. DJ Khalid. He's like, right. my name's not DJ. Oh, never mind. Well, I finally get to play one of these. It seems like we always run out of time in the first hour because of Jabroni of the Week and us just, you know, yapping our gums. Yeah. We finally get to bring you a Meet the Wildcats. I decided first to go with K-State Corner, Will Lee. It's Meet the Wildcats with Will Lee. Did you have a favorite athlete growing up? Yeah, my favorite athlete was Reggie Bush. You know, I just love seeing him play, you know, from him playing at USC, doing everything, and then him playing for the Saints. You know, that was my favorite athlete growing up. When you were a little kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? When I was a little kid, I really believed I could be a like a plane pilot. I just love flying planes, love being on planes, just traveling the world. Do you have a big pet peeve? My pet peeve is smacking. When someone's eating and I just hear people just smacking, that just bothers me so much. Anything that Willie is afraid of? Heights. I do not like being on roller coasters, but I love being in planes, but I can't sit in the window seat. Favorite TV show of all time? I would probably say All-American. Just watching that and just with football and seeing everything like that, it just gives me a little representation of myself. Is there a foreign country at the top of your list that you want to visit? I want to go to Dubai so badly. My uncle's been there. He said it was beautiful, so I want to go there, definitely. If you were to cook, what's your best dish? I make a mean pasta. like It's like a spicy sauce, and then I have like diced up chicken in it. Like I can make a pasta real good. Do you have any podcast recommendation? Oh, there's one. I forget the name of it, but it's with David Goggins. You know, he's probably the most influential, like most the biggest like inspiration to me for a podcast. Do you have a favorite holiday? Definitely Halloween. I love scary movies, love just dressing up in costumes and just especially the candy aspect of it too. Do you have a favorite like scary movie, like just one in particular or a franchise? Halloween with Michael Myers, that franchise, just seeing the build up from the beginning all the way to the end. Like I hope they just continue making them. Do you got a go to karaoke song if you were to sing karaoke? Yeah, definitely Hello by Adele. I sing that song perfectly, sing it all the time. I love it. Are are you a good singer? Nah, I'm terrible at singing. Voice is cracky, everything. (laughs) All right, last one. Who's winning the Super Bowl this year? Oh, Green Bay Packers. I'm a Packers fan. I'm going to go with the Packers every time. All right, Will Lee, appreciate it, and best of luck tonight. Yep, thank you. Appreciate it. Will Lee uh, had me at spicy sauce. (laughs) He was, you can tell he's proud of it, too. You know, he's he's got a little spicy to it. It's real nice. I'm impressed with the Adele poll myself. (laughs) Yeah, he's funny, man. This kid's a nice kid. That's cool. Uh, That's Meet the Wildcats with K-State corner Will Lee. Will he be available because he did not play against Texas Tech, did not play, or he got hurt in the Oklahoma State game, but is he available for TCU? We'll hear that from Chris Kleiman, the updated uh, status on Will Lee, plus Ostro made a linebacker. And, of course, we'll get back to the talks of quarterbacks. Who's going to play? Who's going to start is the bigger question on Saturday. Hour two in your local news coming up next.